welcome to episode 108 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host Bob Fallon and with me is Casey Brady. This week we're going to have a double dose of Roberts. Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Duvall in The Judge. Our top five will only be based off of one of them and that is Robert Duvall. Yes. And for the movie club segment, Bob recommended to me... Amelie. Yes, the French foreign language film. Yes. Nominated for, I think, five Oscars. Was it? Yeah. Did uh, it did, win? I don't know if it won. No. Back in, I don't even know what day or year it was. Maybe 2005. 2005, I was thinking. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, let's, we'll get into that later. Absolutely. But first, The, the judge. judge. It started out uh, in the year... <laughs> With tremendous reviews, everyone, oh my gosh, this is incredible, it's going to be great. Um, and now people are kind of saying, nah, it's kind of a generic film, not the best. Uh, yeah, well, where were your expectations at? Kind of high. Yeah? Um, yeah, they, they were kind of high. I was thinking uh, that it was going to be incredible acting. The story was going to be, uh, in, in a, a certain way, that would... Uh, enable the acting to flourish even more so, allow for really like teary-eyed moments, which I really enjoy, um, <laughs> <laughs> like to get that emotion yeah. you know, going. I, I, I like to to feel the emotion in a movie, um, and then I thought there was going to be some you know moments where there's going to be like a badass character with uh, opposing attorneys. <laughs> Anytime there's a courtroom, there can be some really cool dialogue or monologue. Definitely. Liar, liar. Um, liar, liar. Um, Boston Legal is, at least to me, one of the greatest platforms for Never seen a, it. a character to just do the greatest monologues ever. And it was... Um, it's the guy. Uh, Spader. Yeah. Uh, and he, every episode, he got to do the greatest monologues ever. <laughs> um, definitely one of the greatest shows. Not the greatest shows, but... <laughs> to Kill a, a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, um, the list goes on. And yeah, on. just legal movies. I actually, I really enjoy legal movies. Yeah. Um, and so I thought this is going to be one of my favorite of the year. Wow. See, so I had like mixed, uh, medium uh, expectations. Okay. I uh, thought that the cast looked good. I saw the trailer and I thought it looked a little hokey, but, you know, these guys know what they're doing, so I thought it was worth checking out. Absolutely, yeah. And, um, did it disappoint? Well, I guess it wouldn't disappoint you. Yeah. The um, question is, does it dis did it disappoint me? And the answer is, the answer is a little bit. Okay. Uh, definitely didn't meet my my expectations. Um, but it, it, it wasn't as bad as everyone is saying it is now. Hmm. Um, I would say it's better than this is where I left you. I believe it was. Yeah, with Jason, it was Bateman. Jason Bateman. To me, these two were like kind of on the same pedestal. They they looked very similar, just with the tone. Uh -huh. um, whereas this is where I left you was just completely bad, completely went in a direction that I didn't think it was going to go. Jewish direction. A uh, Jewish direction. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. The judge sort of was kind of glossy, uh, sort of going for that Oscarness, but not fully there. I mean, it, it had some emotion to it, but not really. Yeah. Um, there were some funny parts. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. did his thing. He, as he always did. He was did. Robert Downey Jr. 
But did it well. But toned it down actually a little bit. Yeah. Um, but when he needed to, he stepped up. Robert Duvall did a pretty good job, I think, though, uh, of being this father figure that was uh, a little too stern, but at the same time being a very honorable judge, uh, at the same time being a really loving grandfather. Uh, he, he had a lot of aspects to him, but then also he was uh, fighting, was it dementia? Uh, cancer. Can well, he had cancer, but at the same time he had a okay. lot of memory loss. I think because of his chemo. It could maybe, be just be something from like the chemo. Yeah. Um, but he played that, that part very well. He did. Um, for me, this is what you get when you get a Lifetime movie, made-for-TV Lifetime movie, and get a really good cast to star <laughs> because I felt like this is a bad movie a bad script but the performances were enough to carry it for me to be enjoyable I would 100% agree with you yeah because I mean some of the stuff's laughable but it's just fun to watch these guys perform it is yeah so even though like you said it is a bad movie it's not a bad yeah. watch. Yeah, exactly. It's very watchable because you get to see really good acting. Yeah, definitely. Overcome a lot of the negatives. Yeah, not all of it, but enough to make it watchable because, mm -hmm. I don't know, there's been plenty of movies that I would probably rate higher than this that were just boring or, or just dull. But this, I mean, I was into it the whole time. It just was... I would, every once in a while I'd be like, oh my god, that's terrible dialogue, or that's that makes no sense. But it didn't matter, because it's Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Duvall exactly. just doing what they do and uh, knocking it out of the park for the most part. For, for doing the best they can yeah, with, with what, what they, they have. have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but so this, this film is about uh, a hotshot lawyer in Robert Downey Jr. who comes home to defend his father, whom... Uh, is not the most loving father to Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. But uh, Robert Downey feels like he needs to defend his father, who is being charged for murder. Uh, and the person he's being charged uh, with murder against is someone who uh, basically cr uh, committed a very uh, heinous crime. And he let him off the hook because yeah. he felt like he was just a one-time mistake. And it is called The Judge because... He's a judge. Uh, Robert, da uh, Robert Duvall was a judge, mm -hmm. uh, while his son, Robert Downey, is a lawyer. Yes. So uh, Now that part right there made no sense to me. I thought it was actually kind of cool. Really? That he was a, a judge of a small town. Oh, that, that was cool, then, yeah. And then uh, Robert went on to become a hotshot lawyer. Yeah. You know, he kind of followed in his footsteps, but tried to outdo his father. Yeah. But my um, thing that that I didn't understand was why Robert Duvall hated his son. Just because he saw a young kid. That, I wish that was not the reason why. Yeah, there, I thought that there was going to be something that happened, like, that he just couldn't get over, or, or he committed a crime similar to what the guy had done, or, or something. But it really never was a it, it, specific reason. Yeah, uh, well, there was a specific reason, and I thought that reason was terrible. Where he saw, he saw his yeah, son in yeah. someone else's right. uh, face. 
I thought at first it was because uh, Robert Downey has a brother who is Vincent uh, D'Onofrio. Uh, yeah. Most people know him from Law and Order. <laughs> or Sugar. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he used to be an incredible baseball player, but Robert uh, got high, he flipped over the car, yeah. crushed Vincent's hand, and can never play about that. baseball yeah. again. I thought that was part of it, uh, and it probably is part and of that it. That probably was, but it didn't... It wasn't the major yeah. reason. Yeah. And I I think I would have been more okay with it if that was the major reason. Right. He held a grudge against him. It the judge been, held a grudge. Yeah. Or, or it should have been something where he accidentally killed his mom by flipping <laughs> over the car. Something like that. Which yeah. Was really <laughs> traumatic. More so than just seeing his son in yeah. someone else's eyes. And of course, the the third brother has something mentally wrong with him. That mm-hmm. seemed a little on the nose and like... Of course, you know. I don't of know. Course. Maybe, like, oh, it just on. felt okay, like something know. out of a Lifetime movie that that would be the case. I don't know. Uh, I don't know about that. Just the way it was handled, to me, it just seemed par for the course of what, of what the movie was going for. I liked Vincent D'Onofrio a pretty good bit. Uh, for what he had to do, he was barely in it, but... Yeah. Just like seeing him on screen, basically. I, I, I do like him. Uh, he gets really into it. He always plays a kind of a weirder character, though. Like, he was just a little antisocial in a yeah. way. So yeah, It's always kind of cringeworthy watching him, but in a good way. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe not so much in this film. but <laughs> Yeah. But there was many things that just had me saying, uh, of course that's the case, or of course this. Like, he goes back and of course... Vera Farmiga, his old flame is still the bartender here, and mm-hmm. and they fall right back into it. It's like, of course, that's going to happen. Uh, yeah, it's, a lot of things in here are pretty cliche. I've done so many times before. Yeah. Um, I mean, did you were you okay with uh, Robert uh, or Downey um, pretty much divorcing his wife in the beginning, or about to divorce his wife? Yeah, that's the then film. meeting meeting his new. Yeah, or is I mean, rekindling his old, mm-hmm. old uh, girlfriend yeah. friendship. I felt like the stuff in the beginning with his wife was pretty good. It was okay. I didn't have any real problem with that. Mm-hmm. Seemed like he was. They showed a good job of him, like hiding it to his the daughter. pub. Yeah, his daughter. Was, I love the the contrast between how how arrogant he is in court compared to how he is with his daughter. He is yeah. this really loving father to his daughter, mm-hmm. almost overly loving because that's not what his father was to him. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, making up for your father's mistakes or what you perceive as those. Yeah. And like you had touched on earlier, I like that Robert Duvall was just as warm to her as mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. was. Exactly, yeah. Because de- he was definitely not warm to any of his children. Maybe more so towards Vincent. Uh, yeah. Surprisingly, not really towards his uh, mentally yeah. handicapped son. He was actually really mean to him. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it was it was nice to see the contrast between their kind of sterner sides mm-hmm. or arrogant sides or what what have you, and then their really gentle sides with the, with the little girl. Mm-hmm. And then Robert Duvall is such a hard ass. Take your feet off the table. that stuff was like if you don't like your father that much why would you like be scared of him still be scared well Uh, I I guess it makes sense but yeah I don't know you'd think at his age he'd 
stand up for himself or, or rebel. Well, he, he tries to, to stand up to himself, but, I mean, when you've lived under someone's thumb for so long, I guess no matter how far away you are from yeah. them or how long you're away from them you are, you're still under their thumb when you come back to and them. And you feel the pressure, yeah. I can understand mm-hmm. that. Um, what about when he finally does become his father's lawyer? How they kind of work together but still have this conflict between them? I actually thought it was okay. Um, it wasn't great, but I, I did like how they didn't change who they were. Like, there wasn't this drastic change. Uh, Duvall was still extremely stern towards him, very resisting of his help, mm-hmm. even when he kind of does ask for the help. Um, Downey is still very arrogant in court, uh, and he's still trying to make his dad look bad while still trying to defend him. Yeah. He's only trying to make him look bad and you know, in front of people he knew. Right. He knows. But um That was probably the most enjoyable stuff for me. Just because of those two actors together working off each other. Yeah. I like that. And how about the scene when Robert Duvall shits himself? <laughs> that was actually pretty that intense. Was, it was, it was. Um that was the most realistic I agree. Uh, it almost seemed kind of... I, I, it was kind of early in the film, so it fit pretty well. But if that would have been later on, with how glossy the rest of the film was... It would have felt more contrived. Y- what, not so much it would have felt contrived. It would have felt completely out of place, like it was a different movie. Because mm-hmm. um, it was before it got into the real legal stuff. Yeah. Hardcore. Well, not not even so much that. It was just a different tone. Yeah. Where he, he crapped himself. That was real. Like, that was... It was gross. <laughs> that was unadulterated, unfiltered, realistic life. I wonder if it was method acting. While the, <laughs> well, the rest was not at all. I mean, the rest, you, there was a gloss to it. There was a film yeah. to it. Um, that's even for the Oscars. Whereas that was just real. It was raw. Yeah. So, I, but I liked it. It was good. It was, I mean, mm-hmm. disgusting, but good. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, what about uh, Billy Bob Thornton? He was oh, the yeah. opposing attorney. Um, he he, was, he has this cup that he slams <laughs> yeah, down. Or that was up. pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> he was a, playing a jackass lawyer, right? Who who comes in from out of state to really put the sledgehammer on the judge? They uh, set him up to be that, yeah. but he's not at all. Yeah, he's really not. And he could have been. He yeah. definitely has the ability to be yeah, that Billy guy. Yeah, Billy Bob Thornton, in Fargo, he's awesome as this villain. He, you know he can pull it off, but they just didn't give him the material to be able to do it. Yeah. It felt like... And it was very wasted. Yes. It almost should have been... Not that Billy Bob and Downey should have switched, but I think Downey should have been that guy. The jerk, yeah. The jerk? Yeah. And then they should have found someone else to be the son. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because Downey would have played that part perfectly. Yeah, I, I could see that too. Even if he's not given the material, I think he still could. I think what they're going for is like that is Robert Downey Jr. when he's back in his old life. Maybe I don't know who, who what he's like supposed to be a facsimile of him when he's out saying, by himself, you know, in the in yeah, the courts. What Billy Bob Thornton is being that yeah. type, of, but he wasn't. I know, he but I think that's all. what they were going trying to go for. Oh. I don't know. It was a letdown, because when I first saw it was Billy Bob Thornton, I was like, oh, this could be good. 
yeah, the battle the between they, them. And the tone. I actually, at first, that cup, the way <laughs> yeah. he had the cup, I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's But serious. then it became a joke. Yeah, he was just a pretty nice attorney, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> come on. Now, how, how did you like the, the, the loyalty, I don't want to say loyalty, but the honor behind the judge, by, behind Robert Duvall, his honor code? Did you like that he he was, I guess, he had his own version of honor and was sticking to it? Um, See, I don't know. Very strongly. That felt a little contrived to me, too. Like, Because you don't have honor and you, <laughs> maybe. you don't know what it means to But I feel like when it's you being potentially falsely accused, of course you can't exactly remember if he even did it or not, but you, you stand up for yourself, maybe go a little bit shade of gray to try to to figure it out. I, I wonder, um, if I thought I had killed someone, would I be willing to turn myself in? I hope I would. I hope I would be that type of character that would do it. I hope I would, but I have a feeling I know. Uh, you wouldn't be. You'd lie. You'd say, no, I, I know I wasn't. It wasn't me. I'd go on some grand Gone Girl type scheme. <laughs> no, I, I don't know what I would do. But Yeah, I don't know either. I feel like, but he's not even lying or making stuff up. He just, he frankly, he does not know. So I would just assume the best of myself, and yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't. I, I, the one thing I didn't like about his, about Duval is that he was willing to get a really crappy lawyer over his son. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, Dak Shepard. At least he could have found a him. better lawyer. He wanted to find the noble lawyer just like he's the noble judge but the guy didn't know what he was doing he yeah. had like a pot uh, pottery store or something something like that like come on yeah and he throws up every morning and then the one morning Robert Downey Jr. throws up with him but I think it was more that he was like really disgusted <laughs> by the throw up so he finally threw up yeah that's so much that I was nervous <laughs> what did you think of that character Dak Shepard um, I think he he did a decent enough job, but it was like it was a little too much. A I feel like you too... could even cut that character out completely. Yeah, I mean, because this was a long movie. Have him for the first time, like okay, Duvall decides to yeah. pick someone else over his son. He's incompetent, and then finally now he gets the uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. to be his lawyer. I thought it was now weird Dex that they were both out. his lawyer. Yeah, Dex could have been out right away then yeah. after that. But, yeah, this movie's two hours and twenty minutes long. Didn't have to be. I was okay with it. I really didn't think the runtime affected me at all. That's true. As I say that, I just think it sounds really long. But to be honest, I didn't really have a problem with it while I was watching the movie. But yeah. I don't um, know. And I, they did cut some stuff out. Like I don't think he ever went back and reconciled with his wife. Like they never came to any terms. I don't think. Right. Um, so that's good that they didn't do that. I cut out at least six minutes. Um, I thought for sure, if this movie did its job, I would have teared up at the end, or, or there would be moments when I, I, well, I would, but I, I definitely did not. No, in fact, not even close. To the that. very end, very inappropriately, I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> the very, very, end. very, very end. Yeah, they could have cut that out too, in a way. I was happy with actually. The ending, not the ver like the last scene, but the way it ended up being, I thought was was pretty good. It was fine. I don't know. I think after the verdict, 
showed maybe two minutes more, but I think they showed like an extra five, six minutes, even more than that, because yeah. then they also had um, an after party, right? Yeah, I'll call it like so. The boating scene is when I I couldn't stop laughing, <laughs> and yeah. it's not a good time to laugh, but yeah, well, um, but it wasn't emotional. At yeah, all. it the, it was the, weird. The film was not emotional. I don't think whatsoever. Yeah. Maybe a little bit when uh, the mom dies in the extreme beginning, which yeah. is what brings him there in the first place. Uh, of course, you see that in all the trailers. Yeah. Maybe a little bit, but not even really. I don't even think that was emotional. So. Yeah. What would you give it? I give it a seven and a half. I think a, I think it's an average watch. Uh, not average watch, but average movie. Maybe a little bit less. Um, but it, it's. With good actors, it, it bumps it up to a seven and a half. Okay, I probably give it a light six and a half. Mm. Again, <laughs> it had no business being as enjoy enjoyable as it was, but thanks to the actors, I it just was. wonder what all the hype was in the beginning. Yeah, you know when it was first, you know, hitting. you could tell they were going for that Oscar style. It like, was that was the goal, but I think it was even too show timey. Or whatever you want yeah. to call it yeah. for the Oscars. Lifetime. Lifetime. There you go. <laughs> I agree. I think though. I think your average viewer would like it. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. perfectly I mean, passable, like afternoon viewing. I'd say just like a lazy yeah. afternoon. Put it on. Yeah, even it's fine. I think your average like forty, forty-five year old couple. Yeah. Probably think it's the best movie of the year. Yeah. <laughs> but Robert Duvall. Good old Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall. One of the best actors ever, potentially. I Do wouldn't you? say best actors. I'd say definitely top 50. Yeah. Top I mean, 50. he's a really good actor. Has been for a really long time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's been in some of the most influential, some of the greatest films ever. Um, constantly does a great job. Yeah, I feel like I've underrated him in my own mind, but... Until recently, I've seen the light, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But uh, what's your number five, Robert Duvall film? My number five is MASH. Okay. Uh, I recommended it to you a couple weeks ago. Uh, I extremely liked him in this film. He did us a great job, but the film as a whole is phenomenal. Uh, it's very funny to me, uh, but at the same time very serious. Uh, that's one thing. Duvall is in a lot of films, I feel like, that... They're unique films. They're, yeah. Whether they're shot really uniquely or whether the way they're um, played out is very unique. Um, he seems to be in a lot of those type of films. He's not just in straightforward Absolutely. films. At what's almost ever. So Yeah, I agree. That's the great thing about him. Mm -hmm. But he kind of... He's, in a way, he's kind of like Robert Downey Jr. He's never that different in each movie. But he finds a way to make it fit into you that don't think film. I th well, to an extent, he is. He's uh, always pretty stoic. I mean, yeah. I'm just. I don't. He changes certain characteristics. Yeah. Like I said, I think he finds a way to make it fit. But he's never. He's not like a uh, Daniel Day Lewis or anything, where he's a completely different unrecognizable person from film to film for the most part no yeah well, my number five the apostle that's my number four yeah 
I feel like this one he's a pretty different person in. That's true. That is true. This one is one of his most different. And this characters. one, when I first saw it, I didn't know what to think of it. Mm-hmm. But it's just such a powerhouse performance. It, it He carries it completely by himself. Yes. Such completely. a unique character. You don't know whether to root for him or against him, but he's just a force of nature. In that he movie. is, and it's it's not your stereotypical religious film yeah. whatsoever. Uh, he breaks the mold so widely. Like it's crazy yeah. how different this film is. It almost reminds me of There Will Be Blood in a way, where it's a bad guy who's preaching the good word to get by. Sort of, but it's not that he's that bad of a person. I mean, he's he's bad. He's pretty much on the run. Well, and for making he, a mis- one yeah, mistake yeah. in his life. But not he's one. not like a holier than thou great person, like a typical. Uh, religious figure. Would he be. shows what he, he's an actual person who believes in God. Like yes. he's not a perfect person. Yeah, he's made mistakes, but at the same time, he's trying to help others. Mm-hmm. He's trying to be a good person. Yeah, I think it's an underrated movie. It is. Yeah, you don't hear many people talking about it. Another underrated movie is my number four, Get Low. Get Low. Have you seen it? I don't know. It's him and Bill Murray. I'm trying to. He. It's such a offbeat, kind of weird, good weird movie where. He, I think he plays this uh, something with a funeral home. And Bill Murray comes in. I honestly I can't remember much of the plot, <laughs> but uh, I just remember I loved the vibe, the mood, the tone of it, and. <laughs> just him and Bill Murray together. Were, were fantastic. Yeah, I, don't, I would strongly recommend it. I don't think I've seen it. Um, is that all for? Or yeah, because I can't really remember much about it. Okay, but I just know it was really good. Well, my number three is To Kill a Mockingbird. I know you didn't like uh, it as much. Honorable mention. Um, but him as Boo Radley, he he did he does a great job. Um. I don't think he's... I mean, he's definitely not what drives this film. Uh, You have Gregory Peck, who just, you know, is outstanding. Um, Yeah, he's almost like the unseen presence. Like, he has a presence in the movie without even being on screen, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, it's a—it's just a great, great film. It's a classic film. Everyone knows about it. Yep. Um, most people have read the book. Um, I think the film's better than the book. I don't think I ever read the book, so I would agree. Even in school? I don't think we like, did. It's weird. You'd think. I, maybe I was supposed to and got to Cliff Notes or, yeah. or something. But my number three, speaking of Billy Bob Thornton, Sling Blade. That made your list? Yeah. Uh, it's definitely, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, um, but I, I don't know if it's top five material for me. Robert Duvall has been. I'm probably I've not seen a bunch of his best movies potentially, but yeah. a lot of his movies that I've seen are really good, but nothing that stands really high above the, the rest, other mm. than my number one. But so it it was almost like a shuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic 
as far as this list goes, but Sling Blade, I felt like Billy Bob Thornton, this was his uh, powerhouse performance in a lead role, and he did a great job as that character. And I mean, yeah. yeah I, I was surprised how much I enjoyed the movie when I saw it. Like, yeah, Billy Bob Thornton, he, what, was Robert Duvall, was he one of the, the, the new husband, or the new boyfriend who comes in? I thought he was the guy that that let him that uh, let Billy Bob Thornton stay at his garage or something like that. Oh, was it? I I don't remember. It's it has been a while, so I could be wrong. But I'm pr I thought that's who he played in that movie. Okay. Mainly the reason I like it is because Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton is great in it. Yes. Um. Well, my number two is The Godfather. Number part two. Two. Okay. Yes, Godfather Part Two, which is your favorite Godfather? No, <laughs> it's not. Okay. I I don't know. I always flip back and forth. I think Godfather Two, Part Two, is not my favorite. It's my number two favorite. Okay, well uh, we'll see what number one is. Yeah, we'll see what number one. Is. <laughs> uh, but Godfather Part Two, uh, an outstanding film. Uh, Robert De Niro does an incredible job. Uh, especially the one thing I really enjoy about the film is how it does the flashback, but the 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 modern part as well. Yeah. Simultaneously, um, not a lot of films can do that correctly, or at least to the level that The Godfather did. I would agree. Um, you can always have a good film, but it's hard to make it an incredible film, and this is. Possibly the greatest film of all time, and to, for that to have happened, yeah, is pretty phenomenal. Uh, Robert Duvall, he is great. Um, he's the lawyer. He's the lawyer. I think he does a better job Adoptive in the first son one. son type of guy. He, he definitely does a better job in the first one. Yeah, uh, but that's because he has more to work with. He has more lines yep. and stuff. I agree. So, can't disagree with anything you said. My number two is Mesh. Wow. Yeah. You wow. recommended it, and it again. It's not like it's that far above any of these other movies, but it's just where it landed when uh, the musical chairs stopped or something. Yeah, what were, I don't is that what you're talking about with the chairs on the Titanic? You or never something? heard that phrase? No. Like it does. They're all interchangeable, basically two through five. It could have been any order, but this was the order I came down with, and just Smash was such a unique movie. That I had to put it above the rest. Very unique, yep. And I'm guessing number one is the Godfather, Godfather. Part one. Part one, yeah. I had it part one, part slash part two because yeah, usually I don't. Yeah, uh, I don't like to take them apart from each other. But uh, for Godfather, the Godfathers, they're different enough. Yeah. Um, and they're so incredible, both of them, that they deserve their own distinction. I could, I could definitely not argue that. Because yeah. The Godfather is probably my second or third favorite movie of all time. Mm -hmm. And Robert Duvall has a huge role in it. Huge, yeah. Al Pacino, I never knew you were so good back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just... It's, it's flawless, I think. It's what, it is what everyone said it was. Yeah, and that's rare. When something is that hyped to be... For me, it blew my expectations out of the water, even though my expectations were that it's 
one of the best movies ever. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, and but the, everyone was right. There's just so much to it. It's not just your typical mafia film. It's way more. It's this oh, character yeah. piece. This family. But it's like ten character pieces, and then a family piece as a whole. Yeah. But then a ton of like cool mafia scenes and just everything intertwined so well and. Um, I don't know, you just get so fascinated by this glimpse yeah. in a, a certain time period. Damn, I should stop making gangster mobster movies because it's never going to come close to The Godfather. But uh, there's still some good ones, so maybe they should keep going with them. Yeah, I mean... Any honorable mentions? I didn't put any honorable mentions. Uh, thank you for smoking, I had. Have you seen that? No, I have not. Okay. Uh, Aaron Eckert. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird, The Natural, and Apocalypse Now. Okay. I think Apocalypse Now is a little overrated, but it is good. Hmm. Have you seen it? No. Okay. We've, you've talked. You've asked yeah, me a million times. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's move on. Yeah. To the film club segment. Film club segment. Amelie. Amelie. Yes, you recommend it to me. It's a uh, French foreign film. Yes. It is about this girl who is homeschooled due to her parents believing that she has a uh, heart problem. Uh, because she's homeschooled, she becomes very quirky. Uh, she grows up, and in her n new apartment that she decides to rent so she could be out on her own, she finds a box. Um in her in I think her bathroom the box contains a whole bunch of stuff from this kid who used to live there live in that apartment like 40 years ago so she she goes out tries to find the guy sees how happy it makes him and so she starts trying to spend her life making everyone else happy yeah doing all different various things uh, and then in the end she makes herself happy by finding her love yes and I even like the detail that she didn't really have a heart problem. She just was not used to... Her father was her doctor, and she wasn't used to him being, like, affectionate or whatever. So even the touch... Just that one touch yeah. a month, whatever, you know? Yeah, made her heart beat faster yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many fine details in this movie. There like are. Uh, quirky little things. This is a very highly stylized type of film. Yeah. Uh, extremely quirky. Uh... I didn't, I didn't know too much about it. Um, it's, I've definitely seen it on Netflix forever. I knew, it, I knew it uh, was pretty prestigious that people really liked it. Uh, I didn't know if I was going to like it or not. Um, I started watching it and I saw that it was very stylized, <laughs> yeah. almost like uh, how Wes Anderson stylizes his films. This isn't like that, but it's stylized in a certain way, yeah. kind of. Right. Like, um, uh, so what to talk about with this film? Um, <laughs> did you like it? Did I like it? Not, not to the fullest extent. Really? I can understand why you liked it. Like just like someone wouldn't like Wes Anderson because if you can't get into it, yeah, then you can't get into it. True. Um, I, I rewatched it and I had the same exact reaction. Fell in love with it all over again. Did you? Wow. Yeah. Um, and I can understand why you liked it. And it's not that I didn't like it. Um, I actually kind of liked the style. I liked how they... I, I always like to see the different ways that they're trying to create this tone. 
one way uh, specifically with the camera was all the the weird angles. Yeah. Uh, whether it was supposed to just to be a close up of someone, the camera would be slightly crooked. Um, the actor actress would always have a really like quirky smile or yeah. just look of disdain or have an eyebrow raised or just a, a weird expression on their face but the the camera angle was always trying to be crooked but then after that crooked scene would be a completely straight shot mm -hmm. um, and even the colors were weird the colors were very vibrant yeah um, for the most part they were but yeah they were very almost like a distorted color scheme yeah. Like if something was slightly Definitely, off. Like everything was like handmade, even the flowers mm -hmm. or whatever. You know, everything was pretty... The Amazing Race Traveling Gnome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was that. Uh, the, the ways that she was uh, interacting with the people, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, like her father, um, <clears throat> I think her father wanted to travel, so what she did was take a gnome and send it along with a flight attendant yeah. to take pictures of all different locations and so that inspired him to travel. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a um, uh, amputee who was I think a little mentally mm -hmm. slow uh, and his boss always made fun of him so she decided to pull a billion pranks on him right. so he kind of got Looks, humbled. Yeah. Um, Didn't really work that much for him. He always seemed to go back to being a jerk. For the most, but I mean, yeah. Uh, who else was there? The old man in her building. The old man and oh, uh, the couple. The he, she rekindled the love relationship. No, I, well, I was thinking the guy with like the mask, Moscow hat, who uh, like spied on her. Oh, the he painter. Was yeah, the painter. The painter. Yeah. Um, what? How did she help him? Or did she even help him? He helped He's her. He's kind of helping her. Right? Yeah, he helped her. He's the one who kind of pushed her. He was like her version of herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He painted... He would always paint... Uh, he painted a picture like 20 times over his lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember what it was. Uh, oh, it was of a lady drinking yes. a glass. But he could never get her uh, expression right or mm -hmm. something. He didn't, um, wasn't happy with it. Yeah, and that's kind of, I think, what she is. Uh, Amelie's represents her in a way. One, because she feels so lonely. Um, and I think she even expresses that in the movie. That's how she relates to the picture. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, she doesn't have this genuine... I don't want to say genuine, but she doesn't have this kind of normal um, expression, this normal feeling. She's very quirky, extremely quirky. Because she had never got to interact with any children ever. Because she was homeschooled and her parents didn't want her out of the house. And so she's very, I don't want to say antisocial, because she does like people. Um, she just doesn't know how to interact with people. And so just how he couldn't get her, uh, get the picture's expression right, she could never get her own expression yeah. right. I feel like she's the best part of the movie. She's, ma I think she's completely magnetic. She's offbeat but it I think she really holds the film together she's very offbeat but so much in this movie is offbeat and that's I think why I, I didn't like it because I'm okay with offbeatness uh, but you gotta be able to like con I don't want to say connect to it because you don't need to connect to it but you need to get into that groove yeah. in a way 
and I couldn't. It kind of was getting annoying. You either really love it or you start to get annoyed by it. Mm -hmm. And I started getting annoyed by it. My least favorite thing was the fruit stand. The fruit stand with the amputee. Yeah, that stuff. I mean, it was okay. I liked the pranks she, she pulled on the jerk, but mm -hmm. I didn't really understand where the storyline was going with the one-armed guy. Yeah. But other than that, I loved all the stuff at the coffee shop, especially mm -hmm. the creepy guy who's just like there all the time spying on his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, I love when he makes him fall in love with the other girl. And they start having sex in, like, the bathroom or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the sex, like, with Amelie, yeah. the one sex scene where she's, like, almost giggling. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, it says how she never really had any... Uh, she she had a couple sexual, sexual interactions with people. Didn't really bring her that much pleasure. Exactly. And she just has this kind of, like, smirk <laughs> on her face. But then she goes... But then it goes that she really enjoyed breaking uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Like the, crust, the crust of a crumb brulee or putting her hands in a bean, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> but how about so, that scene when those two are having sex in the bathroom and it shows, like, the glasses shaking and getting closer and closer to the edge? That gave me anxiety so bad. I'm like, it's going to fall, it's going to fall. And then it never did. Yeah. I was like, God, that was like... <laughs> <laughs> so annoying to me. But. Uh, that's okay. And for such a lighthearted and like quirky movie, there was a lot of darker stuff, a lot of sexual stuff, which you wouldn't really expect from such a lighthearted movie. You wouldn't exact you. That's that's very true. You wouldn't expect some of the stuff. But you would expect um, it from a movie I recommended you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it definitely going to no. go that far anywhere near like. The other, <laughs> no. Like warm is the bluest color, or warm, blue is the warmest <laughs> color. Um, yeah. Well, I think I, I definitely think my favorite part is the sort of the beginning when she finds the box and is tracking down the owner, and she's going from person to person. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's definitely that type of film where she's just going from person to person to person. Yeah, to person, so much going on. Uh, whether it is trying to find the person to give the box to or who she's trying to solve problems for. She's always meeting new people. It's trying to introduce as many characters as possible uh, which is something I'm not the biggest fan of when movies do that. Mm -hmm. uh, for this movie it worked um, but a lot of times I don't, I don't like that. But when she finally finds the person to give the box to uh, and it's this guy who uh, hasn't talked to his daughter in like 20 years or something yeah and he he starts crying opening the box and he kind of does flashbacks of him playing with his little horse and doing what have you um stuff in jacks in his pocket yeah, yeah his pocket oh, the marbles oh, the marbles, marbles. Yeah. he finally got to win <laughs> all the marbles and he's that just was like, so sad he's picking up tons and tons of marbles and they finally <laughs> break them. he doesn't he's, get any of them he's so sad <laughs> yeah um I really liked that part. That, to me, was my favorite by far. Really? I think yeah. I liked all the stuff with the guy that collects the pictures. Like, the torn up pictures or whatever, and he puts them back together. Yeah. I really loved the punchline to that. About who is this guy that is always leaving these pictures you, behind. And it's yeah. just a repairman. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, there, I mean, there's a lot of good parts. There really are. Um, in this type of film, you should hope there are a yeah. lot of good parts. Because it is... It's high-paced, throwing a lot of stuff at the wall. It is. It's, it's it a is. lot of it has to stick. Yeah. And I, I felt it for myself. To me, 
to me, most of it did. It's still just the style. Uh, getting used to that was hard. Yeah. It was very challenging. Just watch it five more times in a row, and you'll probably get the hang of it. <laughs> well, I got the hang of it. It just is annoying. Yeah, it is a. I could see that. I mean, definitely can understand. Her, her, the way she would smile just <laughs> like kind of irritated you me. You didn't a have bit. a crush on her by the end of it? No, I didn't. I did. Did you? <laughs> well, my sister's in the other room, so I'm going to have <laughs> not, to. Not even that kind of crush. It's just yeah. like she's so, I don't know, charismatic in an offbeat way. I. Just I, I'd like to be friends with her. <laughs> It, I don't know. She, she irritated me, <laughs> but that's that. That's the price the the director's paying by doing that. Yeah, is that he's going to get a lot of fans, but at the same time, he's going to alienate certain people um, mm -hmm. because not everyone's going to like that. It's just what about just the love connection? Um, I definitely think that was a nice kind of like cherry on the top. Yeah, I mean it's not. Uh, it, it's. I and mean, it's almost guaranteed that was going to happen. Cat and mouse game. Um, well, the cat and mouse type of game where yeah, she she's letting him chase her throughout the city. Or, but the idea that there is this, uh, she has her own problem to fix. Mm -hmm. That's in all the films. Yeah, I kind of wish that she would have been really sad and uh, depressed at the end of the film. <laughs> I would have nice. liked it. I think a little bit more, only because that then that's unique. That's that's different that she's she's sad she doesn't she doesn't get fixed she's going to be this weird person her whole life and never going to find the one for her whereas everyone else is finding their person you know yeah I don't know I know it's kind of like that's weird, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> but I, I why have it always you know cookie cutter you know perfect sure that's fair what would you give it for me I'm going to give it another seven and a half. Okay. For okay. me. Yeah. I don't know. Hey. But it's eight. Seven and a half's not bad. I mean, it's my Rio Bravo. Just I gave Rio Bravo seven and a half. I don't know how you give Rio Bravo <laughs> seven and a half. You can. I feel like you can. Anyone should understand why I would give it a seven and a half. Yeah, I, can, I can understand it because I just I just didn't like it. That's it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> But I can understand why you like it. You just like Wes Anderson. To me, it's just so like I can only compare it to Wes Anderson. But there's tons of directors right. that have their stuff. I don't know if this director, I don't know his name or her name. Um, it's a man, I believe. Should have looked it up. Is uh, Jean Pierre? Jean Luc Godard? No, Jean Luc Pierre. It's French. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is Jean something? I don't know if this is his style. Like he does this for all films, or if this was just unique. Him. Yeah, I think this might be the only movie of his that I've seen, so wow. couldn't tell you. What else did you watch this week? Uh, or, I watched. Yeah, this week. <laughs> I watched one thing, and that was the election film you election? told me about. Yeah? E election, yes. Did you like it? With uh, Reese Witherspoon, Chris Klein, uh, Chris Matthew Klein. Broderick. That's Chris Klein, the jock guy? Yeah. That's who Chris Klein is? Yeah. Wow, is that Kevin Klein's son? I believe so. That's Chris. Wow. I'm trying to think. What else was he in? He was in American, American Pie. Pie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the only thing I can think <laughs> yeah. of. Wow. Okay. Um, not the best. Yeah. Uh, you probably agree with me then. 
I did. I think. I think I definitely liked it more than really? you. Okay. Um, it's definitely once again another one of those quirky films, but less quirky than Amelie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but almost like butter. Uh, just this. I don't know. This little um, again. It's it's kind of lighthearted and quirky, but dark at the same time. Yeah, pretty dark. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I actually I really liked the characters. I liked uh, Broderick. Uh, I liked Reese. Good performances. Um, yeah, I I definitely liked it more than I I mean I give it an eight. Really? Okay. Uh, I enjoyed it. I'm glad I watched it. So. Okay. I watched a lot of stuff. Did you? I watched uh, John Wick. Okay. How was it? This was people raving and ranting about well, ranting, raving about how this is this awesome action movie, biggest surprise hit of the summer, not monetarily but mm-hmm. seems critically. This movie sucks. <laughs> I mean, Keanu Reeves plays this guy, John Wick, who was an assassin. The badass assassin for all these years, and his wife dies. So he retires, and his wife somehow leaves him with a dog as she passes. And he comes to love this dog, and then all of a sudden there's this confusion at a gas station where the kid that played... Um, from Game of Thrones, the... Joffrey? No, the... The guy that's adoptive son of Ned Stark. Who's a jerk. Edric Storm? <laughs> no. Oh, I can't remember his name. He he really belongs to the water people, the the people that are on the boats all the time. Avatar. Theon. Theon Greyjoy, yes. The guy that played Theon Greyjoy in Game of Thrones. He's a jerk to him. He says he wants to buy John Wick's car at the gas station. John Wick says, it's not for sale. And then, so they go follow John Wick, jump him, kill his dog, beat him up, steal his car, and then basically... Theon's a douchebag. <laughs> he is. <laughs> wow. And then even, like, Theon's... I'll just call him Theon. His dad and this guy who's, like, working for him, they're like, wait. Who did you do this to? John Wick? Oh my god. We're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to buckle down anyway. <laughs> and then it's John Wick getting his revenge, basically. Um, <laughs> Keanu Reeves is really bad in this. It's well, just, you hate Keanu Reeves. I, I kind of like him. Man. I can't ever take your opinion seriously. Like, if Kevin Costner was in this film and it was incredible, you'd be like, no, Kevin Costner sucks. <laughs> There's a line when the dog is still alive where he's like feeding him scraps of bacon from what he cooked and he's like, I'll get you some kibble later. <laughs> it's just, the way he says it is ridiculous and hilarious in a bad way. <laughs> I'll get you some kibble later. And then, uh, but... For the action is good when it's there. It's really cool gunplay, gun kata. Like he uses a gun like it's a knife. Like he's really good aim, but then he'll use it. Why is he just shooting? <laughs> Why is he trying to stab <laughs> people? No, is he, he is shooting, but it's all close range. He's yeah. like, he'll get close, ta-ta, double tap, like super ta-ta. close range, and ta-ta, 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 ta-ta. and when there's action, it's really cool. Especially this nightclub scene. But there's long. Sh- there's not a as much action as people would make you to believe so did I don't you know. see the equalizer yes I like the equalizer better than John wow Wick. and I didn't really like that yeah. that much yeah. wow better action than John Wick when it is action but I liked the equalizer better 
I'd give John Wick a 5 out of 10. I was really disappointed. That because man. I actually thought this was going to be this fun action movie. Even the cinematography, the, the look of it, it's really dull. It's really greenish-blue color, everything. There's this whole world of assassins and this hotel where they all meet up and then they start killing each other. You might like it. I don't know. A lot of people do. <laughs> you like crappy movies. You should probably love it. Okay. No, I, I wouldn't. I don't know. I don't understand the hype. Hmm. That's all. You didn't watch anything else? Um, I watched a little bit, but I'm going to wait for the next episode. Okay. Fair enough. I watched Dear White People. Did you? How yes. was it? As good as you thought it was going to be? No. I was disappointed in this as well. I kind of told you, but you know. I was interested in I thought it I'll just say it. It's I thought it was gonna be funnier than it was. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad movie by any means. Um basically it's like this parody slash it's like a comedy but not a message movie about like just the race relations between black people and white people. And um Yeah. The trailer made it to me seem like it was just gonna be really funny. And it wasn't it's, it, there was times when I giggled, <laughs> giggled, or just laughed a little bit. There's a few moments here or there, but it really wasn't that funny. It, it was one of these movies that got caught in between being a comedy and a drama. Like there were certain dramatic moments that were good, certain comedic moments that were good, but mostly it was just I couldn't tell if it was a comedy I wasn't laughing at or a drama that I was finding too lighthearted, and I don't know. And there's like five characters that it follows around and only like three of them were interesting to me. So, I don't know. I, th- I think it's an okay movie. Six out of ten. Mm. I was disappointed though, for yeah. sure. It just seemed like a lot. It was uh, everything was so obvious to me. I don't know. It's supposed to be like telling you what white people do that's racist even either by accident or on purpose. And... Some of the things, like, I, I, I took a sociology class. One of them is that Band-Aids. Like, white people, we have skin-colored Band-Aids. Black people don't have skin-colored oh, Band-Aids. That's true. So it shows, like, I mean, now that now we have clear ones, but um, TV, you know, like, you can always see a white person on TV. Most sitcoms are white people, but... Yeah. Like, that mean, stuff I've never noticed. Like we have There this, is a lot of stuff that I felt like they could have capitalized well, maybe they just wanted to try to be a little more broad or mainstream but mm-hmm. I don't know it was well intentioned there was a lot of good things about it but to me it was boring in a way hmm. I don't know uh, so I was sad about that I watched Runner 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 the Ben Affleck Justin Timberlake uh, poker gambling thriller yeah. movie yeah how was it it was on <laughs> HBO so I just decided to watch it. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I'm gonna say incredible. Justin Timberlake, greatest actor of all time, <laughs> deserves two Emmys. Not even Emmys, <laughs> two Oscars. Nailed it. No, it sucked. It's not yeah. even worth going into. It just was a bad, bad movie. I'm sure it was. Yeah, almost like a wannabe. Uh, what do you? What was the really good one that you loved? Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, I guess. In a way, but not even close. A darker version of it. Darker than Wolf of Wall Street? No, I don't think so. Wolf of Wall Street wasn't dark. Eh, It was pretty dark. It was all fun and party and 
This is Dark like, pillars. doesn't Ben Affleck start, you know, beating people up and... Yeah, he does. But that's just Ben cool Affleck. Kid. Kills his wife, mm-hmm. as we'll talk about in the next episode. Wearing bat suits. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Don't check it out. Another movie that I saw on HBO that you should avoid at all costs, The Last Exorcism Part 2. Wow. I actually, the first Last Exorcism, that makes a lot of sense. Why do they keep calling it the last one? But the first one, The Last Exorcism, I thought was a decent movie. It was like a found footage exorcism movie that was decent. Mm -hmm. Did you ever see the original Exorcist? No. I've never seen it. That's what you should watch. Well, I feel like I've seen bits and pieces, but... You should watch the original. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like at this point... Yes. (laughs) At this point, everybody's ripped it off so much that it won't be as original to me now. I think it would be. I think you'd be like, wow. Okay. It is incredible. (laughs) I actually think you would really like it. I might have to check it out then. Obviously, people love it. Yeah. Um, but the last exorcism part two, they get rid of the found footage aspect. It follows the same girl that was in the. Emily Did you see Rose? the first one? No, Emily that's a different Rose? exorcism oh. movie. No, I haven't seen any of them. Oh well, it follows the same character, but it sucks. I can't say anything else. And another bad movie I watched was Bell, which was just, so, just from Beauty and the Beast. No, no, this is like a a movie set. In the, it's like British slavery movie. It's this mixed race girl who gets adopted by Tom Wilkinson, who's this upper class British, whatever, and it basically just goes through how she has to deal with being a mixed race woman back then when they were slaves and British slaves and all this. Mm-hmm. And not a bad movie, just really boring. Oh, I'm sure. Just, <laughs> no, I'm just I don't even know. I'm sorry, I'm a little tired. <laughs> it's the Britishness of it, really. Yeah. But I give it a 5 out of 10. 5 out of 10? And I have a couple TV things real quick. Okay. The Slap. Have you seen the previews for this? I haven't even heard of it. It sounds terrible, right? I mean, a show called The Slap where, oh my God, it, it focuses on this family function where a little kid gets slapped by a grown-up and then it spins off from there where each episode is like focused on one character that was at this party but apparently it's a remake of an Australian show that did really well and was critically acclaimed this is pretty dumb it seems really really dumb I when I saw the preview I was like this is going to be terrible but then I heard that the Australian version was acclaimed so I was like I'll give it a shot not going to watch anymore I feel like that doesn't happen too often yeah going from you know, foreign hit. Just watch that version. Especially when it is English language. Yeah. Or even if it's not. Just watch the original. They speak Australian. Yeah. Good day, mate. Uh, something on the Bobby. <laughs> two good shows that I saw the premieres of. Better Call Saul. I heard it wasn't good. Really? Yep. I liked it It was a almost lot. unanimous from everyone I talked to. They said that there's promise in it that later on it could get good. I thought it was really good. Right off the bat. It felt a lot to me like Breaking Bad Season 1, where it's not in too deep into the seriousness of it all. But it has the same exact cinematography, same vibe, same everything, except it's Saul before he was even called Saul. He's Jimmy something. I forget his last name. But 
I thought it was really good. The way it starts off is actually him operating a Cinnabon, like like uh, <laughs> how he was sent off after Breaking Bad to do. Yeah. And then it goes into the flashback, and that's where the show goes. Um, Wait, after Breaking Bad, that's what he's supposed to be doing? Remember, he, like, he has to get out of Dodge because yeah. all the stuff. So he has to go manage a Cinnabon in Cleveland or Cincinnati. Oh or he's got the best job ever, yeah. Cinnabon. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm really... I'm going to definitely watch the whole show now. I liked it. And a new HBO documentary miniseries that I watched the first episode of, The Jinx, which follows the story of Robert Durst. Um, He's a guy who was accused of killing his neighbor and cutting his neighbor's body into pieces. And then when he was arrested for the suspect suspicion of that, They've realized he's this rich guy from New York who is the heir to all this money. And back in the day, he, when he was younger, he had a wife that went missing. And a lot of people thought he killed her. So basically, he goes on the run, and then they find him. They put him on trial. But the interesting part is, by the end of the first episode, this director, who also directed Capturing the Freedmans, mm-hmm. he... Gets a, he made a movie called All Good Things, which was about the Robert Durst thing with Ryan Gosling, and it was a scripted movie about it. And so Robert Durst calls him and says, I want to do something where you talk to me about this. I want to tell you everything. So then the, movie, the episode ends with him sitting, sitting down with him, and I think the next five episodes are going to be interviewing the so actual yeah. guy like that's oh, been accused. Well. He's not in jail right now, but he's... Everybody thinks he's guilty, 100%, and he's going to try to plead his case. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But I thought it was really interesting, and I'm definitely going to finish it up. But that's all I watched for that episode. Uh, Some news. Some news. Biggest news in film history. In film history? What could be? Spider-Man, Spider-Man, back to Marvel, Spider-Man. Sony and Marvel had come to an agreement where Spider-Man is going to premiere in Captain America 3 Civil War. It's going to be a reboot, a new Spider-Man, and then Sony's going to produce a standalone film is Tony, in 2017. Is Tobey Maguire going to be <laughs> no. Spider-Man again? No, he's like 50 years old. Oh, no, I don't feel like watching it. But then he's going to be in the Avengers movies as well. Not the Age of Ultron, but the, ones, the third and fourth one. And Mar- Third and fourth one. Yeah. Marvel's oh even reshuffling their entire schedule, pushing everything back to accommodate Sony's film. I'm so excited for this. Well, Sony's probably hurting for some money. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the weird thing is that they're not trading money at all. There's no money changing hands. It's just the handshake agreement. We're going to share this character. You keep all your profits from your film. We'll keep ours. But we'll work together to make sure that each movie is as good as it can be. Uh, uh, you know why, though? collaboration. Well, one, it's going to boost up. There's, there's definitely uh, there's some terms in that contract that are probably I'm sure very, there has to, yeah. Like, you can't make any standalone uh, Spider-Man movies, right? Well, that certainly is. Marvel. I'm saying Marvel yeah. can't make any right. standalone. But I think it's going to be like a co-production. And Sony is going to be able to use... Marvel characters in their standalone Spider-Man movies. 
Oh. Like they could bring in Iron Man or Captain America. Wow. If they agree to help the them, story. It'll yeah. help them because I guess I don't think their Spider Man movies are doing that well, are they? No. They they did profitable but not like not like, not like the original liar. ones. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh who do you think should be the new Spider Man? They're apparently going for a high school aged. They're, they're not doing Andrew Garfield? No. It's the new Spider Man completely. He did one movie? Two. Too. I like him as Spider-Man. I don't think it was his fault that the movies weren't that great. So they're going to come. They're doing a whole new one. Yes. Wow. But there's not going to be an origin story this time. It's just going to pick up midstream. He's a high school student. Yeah. Uh, who should be it? What about one of the rumored kids is uh, Logan Lerman. He was the younger guy in Fury. The new recruit. Yeah. And Perks of Being a Wildflower. No. I don't think he has the charisma to pull it off. He does not. And the other biggest rumor Miles, I heard was... Is it Miles Teller? It should be, but he's already a fantastic... Oh. Uh, he wouldn't be it either. But um, uh, Dylan O'Brien is the other big name. He's the main kid from the Maze Runner. Oh. Who actually, I think, might be able to work. I could see that, but... He looks the part, anyway. I mean... I still don't think... It's hard to picture anybody as Spider-Man. Yeah. The big thing is people want there to be a black Spider-Man because there's a new character in the comics, Miles Morales, who is Spider-Man. Is he a Latino, loves. though? No, I think he's black. Maybe he's mixed black and half Latino. I don't know. Yeah. But people want Donald Glover from Community. But he's too old, right? You know if what? they go for that. I do remember hearing about that. I would be completely fine with I that. I would, too. I don't... They seem to be wanting to go so young, though. Actually, there's a kid from Dear White People that was like one of my favorite characters in that movie. He played this kid with an afro that was gay, but completely down to earth and hated for no reason. And mm -hmm. he he's lanky. Like I could see him being Spider-Man as well. What about the kid from uh, Kick-Ass? Aaron Taylor Johnson, the main guy. Yeah, he has no charisma either. I don't think. Before I, I heard the age thing that they're going for, I thought Anton Yelchin. Anton Yelchin. He played Scotty, not Scotty, uh, like the Russian guy in Star Trek. Oh, with yeah, With the yeah, curly yeah. hair. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know. It's, it's hard to picture. It is. It really is. So, time will tell. I am pumped up. Yeah. If you couldn't tell. Um, let's see. Neighbors 2 is coming in 2016. That's predictable so and dumb. Yeah. Come on. I don't. I can't even just come up with that. a different idea. Like I can understand. Um, the only way Jump I like Street. it is if it's completely different characters, but a different neighbor situation comedy. I, but you know it won't be. It's going to be the exact same. It's going to be so stupid. Yeah. Like it wasn't even funny. Like Twenty One Jump Street getting Twenty Two Jump Street as a sequel. I can understand mm -hmm. that. Um, but definitely not this. Not this. Uh, that's come it on. is weird. I. I I like Neighbors, didn't love it, but I'm not that interested. Um, there's a potential Spaceballs sequel in the works. No, that should never happen. John Candy's dead. I don't think... <laughs> he, he is? is? Yeah. I don't think you should do it. Mel Brooks isn't. I don't care. Because they want to coincide with the new Star Wars movies. No. Did you like the original Spaceballs? I loved it. Yeah, super funny. I loved it. Okay, so you're not interested. No. 
Not I'm even gonna if they get Seth Rogen. He's like 90. Has something. he done anything recent? No. As long as he doesn't pick your usual, like Seth Rogen and. Um, what if it's bringing all the same people from the original except John Candy? Well, what, um. The guy uh, from Honey I Shrunk the Kids. He's still alive? Yeah. I thought he died. No. I thought something tragic happened with him this year. Unless it was today. <laughs> I don't what think so. What was the news about him then? That he's coming out of retirement? Was that what it was? I think so. I thought it was something tragic. Rick Moranis? Yeah. That's no, it. he's definitely alive. Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah, it that's is good. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. Uh, <laughs> Werner Herzog is going to direct a volcano thriller called Salt and Fire. Oh, I thought it was going to be Dante's Peak. <laughs> Remake. You know, he mainly makes documentaries, but I think he's he's made a few uh, scripted movies. He's always interesting. Which guy? I'm sorry. Werner Herzog. Yeah. Grizzly Man. I can't do his voice, but he's got a unique I actually voice. just saw him in some like cameo spot in a TV show. He was in Jack Reacher as the bad guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that he's, I don't know. He's interesting. His commentary just creeps me out. At the age of the ice, he's this awesome. He boy. was the he did uh, Into the Abyss, I believe. Yes, and Grizzly Man. And when he did Into the Abyss, it was just so creepy. <laughs> I think I said I even said it on here that he was just yeah. He was creepier than the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> he does sound. He could easily play a murderer. It's just his accent, though. It's, yeah, exactly. he's probably a great his person. cadence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a live action Zelda series coming to Netflix uh, I don't see how they could do it but uh, I'm intrigued yeah hey I they love Zelda or I did as a kid uh, I never played Zelda Super Nintendo Zelda was amazing the original great Majora's Mask I watched my cousin play <laughs> <laughs> but it's weird elves with the ears who are they going to get Orlando Bloom as Link. That would be amazing. <laughs> Basically, just be the guy from Lord of the Rings with Link. Yeah. Would you watch it? I, I'll probably check it out. Yeah. I think Netflix has been doing a phenomenal job. Yeah, they're really pouring it on. The I mean, Wet Hot American Summer series. They're basically the new HBO. But more frequent stuff coming up. Yeah. Can't wait to watch Daredevil. I don't Daredevil. think it's as grand. Did you see the trailer for Daredevil? No, but I hate Daredevil. Ben Affleck. He's not Ben Affleck this time. It. it looked pretty good. He I'm might excited. ruin Batman for me. I'm a like Marvel, Marvel head. So. Oh, well. I even liked the original Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> like a six God. and a half out of ten. But. No, it wasn't. <laughs> and the last piece of news, Joel Kinnaman is going to replace Tom Hardy in Suicide Squad. Really? Yeah. He had to bail out because of a scheduling conflict. And Joel Kinnaman was Robocop and The Killing. I like the guy. But he's no Tom Hardy. No, he's definitely not. But I didn't, I didn't really see Tom Hardy as that part. As so, uh, yeah. I didn't either. I mean, Tom Hardy, he's been... Tom Hardy's pretty darn good. Yeah, man. He can play awesome. almost anything he wants now. Anything. He's. I think he's top five talent in Hollywood. Possibly... He's definitely extremely underrated among like the general public. Yeah. Like, you say his name, no one knows him. Except Sam. She has this crush on him. Oh, really? Yeah. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's awesome. He is. Yeah. 
Him, Michael Fassbender, they're the two to watch it for. Two of the top. Yes, sir. Bob. Speaking of Bob, SpongeBob, Sponge Out of Water, made fifty-five million in its opening weekend. I heard it is god awful. Really? Got a seventy-some percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. I'm going to see it eventually. Even the little kids hated it that went and saw it that I know. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it looks weird. So we'll see if it's good weird or bad weird. Time will tell. Uh, also, Jupiter Ascending bombed. $175 yeah, million I, dollar profit made people, $18 million. Weren't you one of them who was like, oh, it's going to be awesome, just like... Uh, uh, Cloud Atlas? No. Uh, what's the one that did awesome? Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. yeah it looks like I'm wrong because it's getting bad reviews too. Yeah. Bad reviews, bad money. I still am interested in seeing it, but not like I, I was. Not at all. It's, it's a, and so Seventh Son of the Seventh Son <laughs> <laughs> made seven million dollars. How? Another bomb. Getting good reviews? Though? No, <laughs> terrible. Like seven percent. The seventh percent of the Seventh Son. Yes. <laughs> that looks like another R.I.P. R.I.P.D. for Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges is kind of uh, he's uh, phoning it in lately. Yeah. Ever since True Grit, he's hasn't been the same. Yeah. Sad. Yep. But he doesn't care. He probably doesn't know what's happened. No. <laughs> <laughs> On the next episode, we're reviewing Gone Girl in our top five David Fincher movies. Also, come that came the movies that came out on Redbox were Predestination, Ethan Hawke, uh, sci-fi twisty time travel movie, which I've heard mediocre things about. Uh, Laggies, which I have sitting in my room but haven't watched yet, with Sam Rockwell, Keira Knightley, and Chloe Grace Moretz, a little indie movie. Addicted and Alexander, and the No Good, Horrible, Terrible, Very Bad, Terrible, Awful. Ridiculously stupid day. Longest title ever. Uh, those are the movies coming up. But you could. Uh, 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 Don't forget the the film club segment, Bob. Oh yes. Recommended to me again. <laughs> Since we seven. Yes, seven to go along with the David Fincher theme. Yeah. Gone Girl, David Fincher seven. It's all David Fincher all the time. David Fincher. Fincher. <laughs> Email us the Red Box Report at yahoo.com Find us, follow us on Twitter even at the Redbox Report. I'm on Twitter at the Oil Report. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Uh, find us oh wait and on Letterbox. <laughs> I'm at the Oil Report. I'm at Casey Brady. And as always, have a great day. Ignored. Action is his reward to him.